your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Callouts by Bruce Cassidy as VGK loses to the Sabres at home 3-2. to two. It was first uh, the first Buffalo win ever in Las Vegas. A shift in the goaltending schedule for VGK. And Chris will also dig in. He'll discuss more about why the Golden Knights continue to struggle on home ice as now they have won just one time in their last seven contests. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK, at TD Chris G, at Tony Dasco. Of course, you could find us on YouTube, on YouTube, Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe there. And so the call outs first. Let's talk about that. Uh, Kessel, Marcheseau, and goaltending. Uh, this not only is the golden age, this is the age of accountability. For VGK, yeah, it's it's so strange right now. Going to the post game presser first, so um, uh, Ben Goth was was very helpful in helping us kind of all check this out after the interviews were all over and such. So, in the post game presser on the first goal, uh, that was the Alex Tuck to someone beautiful pass from Tuck, and what happened was they Cassidy mentioned you have to keep your stick in the right lane. And we were kind of trying to figure out exactly what he was alluding to. So if you watch Alex Tuck's pass, Marches so has his stick to his right side. He's basically protecting like a drop pass or something. Exactly. He's protecting like a drop pass or something like that. But he does where his stick should have been. And what Cassidy specifically stated was he should have had flipped it over and had his backhand kind of across his body to disrupt that potential pass that got across the ice and beat Aiden Hill. That was a specific call out. Um, we saw March so in the pros game in the locker room, but he didn't talk at all. He was like the players were kind of exiting from what I can only assume was a was an absolute undressing from Cassidy. Uh, no one mentioned that, but I can imagine it got a little bit ugly out there. So that was the first one. Uh, second one, Kessel all of 28 seconds or something like that in the third period. Third period. And Cassidy did mention, you know, he's got to play better and be a part of things. And Amadio did get the the call up to the first line uh, somewhere, I think, in the second period, I want to say. And he uh, ended up springing uh, Chandler Stevenson's breakaway, which uh, gave VGK hope last night. As far as the goaltending, I, I didn't catch if anything was said last night, but it has been said before. And Aiden Hill was fine last night. You know, the three goals he gave up, I don't know, you know, what's it's going to happen. I mean, none of those goals were necessarily goals that I felt, you know, should have been saved. I mean, it would be nice if you had got one of the three. You can you can select anyone that you want. Um, but he gave the team a chance to win. He made a lot of great saves early on. And, you know, VGK, they the first period they just kind of hung out right they were they were there they didn't lose the game in the first they didn't necessarily take advantage they had some chances william carlson i'm sure you were salivating at at that one i i probably beat you to the punch um and then second period you know tale of vgk for the last two months now and the third period they had life um you 
credit some of that to the fact that Buffalo was just sitting back trying to eliminate the high danger chances and kind of playing the old prevent defense, which never works. And VGK had a lot of chances and more breakaways, a friggin' uh, penalty shot, and the list goes on and on and on. Okay, so, of course, we saw the Tage Thompson goal. And to me, what really stood out there was was just everyone was puck watching. I mean, yes, he's very gifted and skilled and all that. We get he got that. the job done. He did what he had to do. Right. And he buries the puck. But, you know, they were like, wow, this guy's really good. Let's just sit back here and watch this. This was exciting. And so, you know, that really stood out to me. Uh, second period again. Um, and now they're got, they have to be. They've got to be about a minus 10 or 11, somewhere in that vicinity in the second period. Uh, what happened here, and I see this so much in sports, right, so the scoreless first period, the missed opportunities, the two missed uh, point blank shots by Carlson, right? Everything starts to just fall apart. Stone had, one, had what, one really good too in the first. Who did? Uh, Mark Stone had a real good chance. Stone in the first had a as great well. chance. Yeah. And he also had a breakaway later that he just ran out of steam on. There was nothing really behind. He always uh, shoots. You know, he never shoots. Shot <laughs> yeah. And then so, so again, you know, in that first period, I think it creates some doubt in their minds. I've seen this before with teams. They'll drive down the field in football, and then they'll stall, and then they'll miss a field goal, and then they just hang their heads, and they're pretty much done for the night, right? You know, basketball, shots not falling early. Okay, well, we're just not going to win tonight. I see this. I see this often. I see this frequently. They also did a good job defensively in that first period, and they're almost like, what else do we need to do? Buffalo didn't have many minutes. chances in the first, many shots in the first. I, I, I the reports are down minutes. there, but I, I gotta go look. Fifteen minutes, Chris, without a shot on yeah. goal. Yeah, fifteen minutes, and so those seeds of doubt, I think, kind of you know seep into their their heads. I think, and then period number two, I mean, that was just you know three to nothing in the second period, and I, I just don't know like what else to expect from this team. You can't keep. We saw this earlier this season. Okay. They have seven wins where they come from behind at the third period. Great. Sooner or later, you're not going to come back in those games. Sooner or later, that's not going to happen. And you talked about Amadio. It was kind of funny because Cassidy said last night, here's like, oh, yeah. So, we like, that was like, we just had, like, one guy left that we could. Fourth, he was, was the fourth playing. one. The fourth one. <laughs> that was played. We'll just, like, yeah, we don't have anyone else. We'll just throw him up there on the top one. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's. More questions than answers, and I guess there's one thing I wanted to lead off like this, and I, and I forgot, but uh, Ryan Wallace, uh, who does the the pre and, and post game, very, very, very good dude to listen to. If you haven't checked out one of his post game reports, it's definitely a good show. He spends about the first half hour, you know, talking about things. They go to the post game pressers and things like that, and then the last, you know, half hour, forty five minutes of the show is is Collins and things like that. And I, I just turned down when I was in the Aria pulling out of the garage, and some. And again, if if you're list, if this person happens to listen to our show, some goofball, call it what it is, suggests trading Mark Stone because he's <laughs> slow and you know we need his scoring and blah blah blah. So Ryan Wallace, he 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 definitely uh, got his two minutes worth on him. He definitely uh, would have taken a penalty if it was a, a game situation. So it goes on basically. You want to trade one of our best talents with all these injuries, you know, and goes on 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 on. And he spent like I said a good two minutes just undressing this poor caller caller who you know probably first time first time last time caller right and then after the break you could tell maybe he calmed down a little bit and collected his thoughts and there's two perspectives that are important to consider right now as we're all concerned about the bad stuff that that's happening with vgk right now 
the first perspective, this team was 13 and three at full or a majority of full health with a six to a six and one home starts. And the second perspective, this team is 22, 11 and one. I know, Tony, you got something coming, but they are leading the West. They are leading the Pacific. Now, leading the West, uh, technically, I think the Stars have a higher win percentage right now based on games played. And Seattle, for whatever reason, they're four games behind the rest of three and four games behind the rest of the division. So that's clearly rigged, Tony, for Seattle to to overtake us. So uh, more questions than answers. And I, I asked all my question last night was simple. I wanted to see what the perspectives of uh, the team being snake bitten was. And Stevenson, yeah. Yeah. Riley Smith, you could say that. And then he gave a little more details beyond that. And Cassidy did, you know, allude to it a little bit, but a new term last night, rough net. I've never heard someone use that rough net. So I actually had to Google that term as it pertains to hockey. And I still didn't figure it out, but listening back to Cassidy's answer on my question, it seems like rough net is a term when the team isn't shooting well. So I, that's, he mentioned a little bit of that as well. So go ahead, Tony, you got something coming. Uh, we got heavy ice. We've got rough net. Okay, I just the narrative about the injuries, man. Come on, like all of a sudden it's one nothing, it's two nothing, it's three nothing, and then of course on cue on their broadcast last <laughs> night. Oh, yeah. you know all these players. Here's a list of players that are out. Quit it because they were still in the game, and then again they rally to come back in the third. They still do have the weapons and perhaps the system, and they missed on breakaway chances and they missed the open net last night. That's not on injuries. I just get right. so sick of that narrative. And the Avalanche, again, the team that could complain the most, they're just kind of sticking to their guns. We'll get better as the season goes on when everyone starts to return. That's a bad narrative. And I think that, you know, for the fans that lived and experienced through last year, that's a tired narrative. Any positives to take out of last night? The chances. Um a lot of breakaways, and this is uh, going back to. I was actually talking to an old friend. Shout out to Keith if you actually check this out, Keith. But um, we've sat in PNL and uh, PNL uh, profit and loss uh, meetings and things like that. Something they love to cram down your throat in the corporate world. I've never been a fan of a lot of the way they look at that. <laughs> been but, there, been there. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. And in the casino world, eventually, you know, on on the more of the table games and the slot side. Bad luck is something that is not measured, but it's something that is considered when you're factoring the profitability specifically of games that have risk to the casino, um, casino backed games, tables, blackjack, whatever, not, not progressives, but stuff that the casino is funding. And, you know, you talk about bad luck, you know, a whale came in betting six figures a hand, cleaned us out, took us for 2 million. Otherwise we would have made a lot more this past weekend. So there is some of this luck happening right now in the VGK side. Uh, Riley Smith said it, goals do come in waves, and it's a fair statement. There are times you can, feels like anything you put to the net goes in. Anything you put to the net goes in. And then there's times where you have a third period, like the VGK did last night with multiple breakaways, a penalty shot, which I'll talk about that in a second, um, and just chance after chance after chance. William Carlson couldn't bury one. Stevenson couldn't bury one. Riley Smith couldn't bury one back door. All these goals that just always seem to go in. And whether this is a coaching situ situation, whether this is bad luck, whether this is just, you know, things evening out and you hope things do even out in the course of a season as it pertains to luck and posts and these centimeters that, not even inches, these centimeters that can determine a win and a loss. So to the penalty shot, and I, I, I missed tweet. Someone called me out, rightfully so. 
it looked like Marchessault was looking back at what I thought at the time was Logan Thompson, because obviously coach Logan Thompson is, uh, you know, controlling things when it comes to penalty shots and shootouts. And I thought I caught Marchessault looking back at Aiden Hill, kind of, you know, trying to see if Aiden was going to give him, you know, somewhere to shoot or something like that. And I don't know. I, I don't know if Aiden Hill said anything or not, but if Aiden Hill did say something, it was terrible advice because Marchessault tried to wait out UPL, uh, Uka, Uko Pekka Lukokan. We call him UPL in the card world because anyone that has three names, I, I always have to use the first three letters because it takes too long. You know, it takes too long to say their name. But UPL uh, waited Marchessault out. Marchessault tried to wait UPL out, and it was just a, a bad, a bad chance. Marchessault is such a better shooter than that. He can he has a good uh, backhand, forehand deek, but Marchessault's best breakaway slash uh, shootouts ability, if you will, is uh, that low shot, you know, that low snipe to the left, right side, or even five hole. So bad. Yeah. That, that, that was a little rough right there. Do you want to talk about uh, your guy, Colasar and uh, the big hit on uh, the boost? You know, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, too. So Colasar gets a boarding penalty, rightfully so, early on in the game. And, man, that hit. Someone sent me the the, the still shot of it. And whew, he sent uh, he sent the, the gentleman for for a little bit of a ride. It looked worse than what the intent was. So one thing to consider is in the corners when these big hits happen at the NHL level, in my opinion, there is a shared responsibility of safety. Obviously the player who is the aggressor needs to understand the situation. And when there is a vulnerable player in front of him and, you know, you, you can still hit someone in the back without necessarily doing what Colasar did, but you can still hit someone inflict pain, get a turnover without it being a dirty or dangerous hits. But in the same token, when these forwards or whoever's in the corner, whoever is handling the puck, if you will, or whoever is about to get hit, when they turn quickly like that, it puts them in a vulnerable situation and also puts the player who's going to hit the other player in a vulnerable situation. This game is fast. Once someone starts the process of a hit, there is no turning back. No one can pull up. No one can stop. Listen, at the youth levels, high school Beer league, you know, all that stuff, all the responsibility goes on the person that's going to initiate contact. At the NHL, best players in the world understand that even someone can't stop quickly their motion. I mean, the Petrangelo hit when he went down against uh, Montreal and basically incited a little bit of a riot on the ice. Kind of the same thing right there. Petro pulls up along the boards as he's about to get hit. And that's sometimes what the instinct is. Someone's coming at you, you turn your back, right? That's just what you do. And unfortunately, that hit was worse than it was. I think uh, the air player got the major, but I don't think there was any suspension. Did he get one game for that? I can't remember if there was a suspension or not. But either way, it wasn't as bad as it looks. So big hit, got the crowd going. And um, on the other side, VGK did draw a similar boarding penalty, which, of course, uh, the VGK faithful in the, in, in the audience uh, was cheering for that call as it felt fair. Yeah, it was pretty feisty there. Carrier again with a heavy carrier, hit. Carrier. He still, he, carrier he still calls him Carrier. He's I heard carrier. last night. That was hilarious. Carrier. I think in your answer, did he call him Carrier he in did. your answer? He did. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're not going to win until he figures out that he's Carrier. Okay. And then, uh, and then, okay. So last week on the show, I said, Chris, perhaps this team is pressing a little bit. And last night, that was the angle. They're pressing at home. And on, on the TV broadcast, maybe they're pressing a little bit too much. Hello? I mean, on the road, they just play so loose at home. They're just 
they said they grip their sticks, whatever you do, all the hockey jargon. Grip the sticks stuff. a little bit tighter. Chandler Stevenson. A little tighter. That. A little tighter. But okay, so Kessel, Lashizen, Ron Bjork just were like non existent in that third period. He had enough of the, those three, especially Kessel, and the, just that one shift because I didn't see him for a while. Then I go, oh, 28 there he seconds. Goes. I believe it was 28 gone. seconds in the third. For was Kessel. it really? Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. His, his, then, his sister got a lot more ice time in the rivalry series game <laughs> last night at, at Staples Center. And then uh, I know Cassidy said that he felt that this team generated enough chances. They generated enough offense to win the game last night. That's what I think upset him the most because especially the, the misfit line did generate a ton of chances in that game. Yeah, and I mean Carlson missing that. I know I know he dogged Carlson, but you know Carlson did have a grade A dynamite, whatever pun you want to put there. Uh, Stone had a real good chance in close. There was so many good chances just in the first. I'm not even talking about in the third when they were pressing. In the first, I mean, I really felt like I put a tweet out there. I said, "Does it feel like that VGK is kind of taking what's being given to them?" Or are they playing a little more conservative? And the more I think about it, especially the way the game kind of played out, I think they were playing a blend of being conservative, but also taking what's being given to them. Uh, this was highlighted by Darren Millard in the in the pregame, in that Buffalo is going to give you a lot, right? Buffalo is going to give you a lot of ice. You're going to be able to make a lot of decisions, whereas a team that's a little, you know, like a lot of the, the uh, metropolitan teams, if you will, who play a much heavier game between the blue lines where it's a lot of dump and chase and get in the corner against the Sabres, you're going to have choices to make. You can dump it, you can carry it, you can pass it. And I thought VGK was doing a decent enough job once they got their breakout going. Uh, there were some times in the first when I felt they couldn't get the puck out of the zone. It was going to cost them. Thankfully, uh, it didn't. And it was, you know, the first was fine, right? The first, I guess, was fair. Chances were there. They limited Buffalo's chances. Not a lot of shots. You mentioned a long period of time without a shot on net. Uh, I think Tage Thompson did have a post off of a faceoff where VGK was lucky to avoid that. So that was VGK's good luck, right? The mm-hmm. shot off the post doesn't go in. Aiden Hill makes a couple of good saves, flashes some leather, and the team can't at least get on the board, you know? And then the first goal happens. Alex Tuck coming across where Marchi is unable to uh, disrupt that pass. And boom. You know, you can't put yourself in the mindset of these players and what they're feeling when that happens. And it clearly was it cl- clearly led to mistake. Is that the hockey. Skinner goal? Was that yeah, Skinner? mistakes being made after that. Yeah, Skinner scored first, and then Tage Thompson, whoever got the last one, whatever. But pilot, pilot, what's that? Pilot. Oh, that was the play. Gotcha. Yeah. So you know, what what are you going to do, right? And you can't put yourself in in the mindset of these players and what they're feeling. Oh, Kira goes again. Then I want these these stupid second periods, you know, if we can just get through the second period, you know, they're thinking about this, you know, you know, the coach, you know, Cassidy's thinking about this when he goes to sleep at night, you know, the players, when they come to practice today, they're thinking about it. And, you know, whether the coach has to do something fun, whether it's some weird activity to, to ease the pain, whether it's something in the locker room. And, you know, if I was going to get a second question last night, I kind of wanted to ask Cassidy, what can you do like during the media timeouts, during the TV timeouts to, energize the team do you like to talk to the players do you i was setting him up because i took that video i saw the video he didn't say a word he didn't say a word he he did not sit there and say a word and and again sometimes that that could be a cassidy's very calculated so that could be a bit of gamesmanship if you will on his side of just trying to he did mention in his post-game presser you want to remain calm you want to not you know push things too hard and 
you can't get the goal back on the next shift. And a lot of the players, after they get scored on, they want to go right out there and get that goal back. They want to get it back, and they are they have a different motivation, which could lead to more mistakes. So Cassidy staying calm on the bench could actually be him just wanting the team to play their game and stay within their game. But I think they were also down 3 nothing at that point. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing a water bottle being thrown or a clipboard being chucked, and maybe that happens behind closed doors when no one's around. Who knows? Coming up next, uh, Bruce Cassidy, as you mentioned, uh, he is now changing the goalie schedule. A little bit of a surprise. We're going to talk about that more when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. I'd like to thank our sponsor, BetOnline, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that is out there. If beer leagues posted, they should. Uh, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball to the National Hockey League, we have it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, then you can even find those at BetOnline as well. And we are the fastest and easiest way to get to your, all of your betting information. Uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn much, much more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate everyone tuning in. And uh, for your second listen, it's Locked On Sports Today. And you can find that wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick in Las Vegas. Our YouTube channel is up. It is a tremendous and free stocking stuffer for you. All you have to do is subscribe. That's a ring, ring the bell. They, they told us in a in a digital thing, tell people to ring the bell. So ring the bell, people. That's going to drive the subscription. Is that back. what it said? Ring, ring, the, ring bell. the bell. Click okay. like, ring the bell. Ding, okay. ding, ding. Thank you. I missed that, man. I'm not good at attending meetings, as you know. <laughs> Last night, we saw Aiden Hill, Chris. He was a net, and now it was a little bit off schedule. The what You know, what we've become accustomed to, where we just see Hill, you know, on weekends or whatever, it's like visitation rights, okay? So he just gets the kids, the team on Saturdays and Sundays. Okay, so in any event, uh, now Bruce Cassidy shifting to what appears to be it's a 50-50 split between Hill and, and Logan Thompson. And to me, I'm just – I was starting to wonder the other day, you know, he started to get a little anti, you know, Cassidy did about, about Logan Thompson. Yep. And kind of got into his head and all that. There's something called, and we see this in sports, where a lot of the younger players, they hit the rookie wall. And perhaps that's something that Thompson's going through. He already has played more games this season already than he did all of last season. So how do you feel about the goalie split? How is this going to work out? Uh, he has to see something. He's not happy with the goaltenders. Apparently, you could see that. And he also said it last night uh, when, you know, like we heard Cassidy say something to the effect, well, you know, their goalie's saving uh, a lot of shots. And, you know, we have to do the same thing. What is going on with the goaltending situation? You were there in attendance last night. Did you get a feel? Darren Millard pregame had a dynamite reference uh, in the split in there nearly being a 50, 50 split right now uh, that the coach coach Cassidy is doing a little ham and eggs right now, going up and back with the two. And it's, it's, a, it's a fair reference. I thought it was fun. And I chatted with Darren Millard just a second about it and gave him kudos for that. I enjoyed it. But I mean, 
listen, Aiden Hill's playing well right now. Let's start by saying that Aiden Hill is playing well right now. And the 50-50 split might be working. This is something that I mentioned many times. I was concerned that if LT was going to wind up having 60 to 65 starts, that at some point it might catch up to him. Uh, You said this season, I believe he's already played more games than his rookie season. Okay, so yeah, I mean, a a rookie wall, I don't know if I would call it a wall. He's still got a pretty good record and a a save percentage. Um, I'm sure it's good. I haven't looked at it, but I'm I'm sure it's good. I'm sure the numbers are great. And it's different for him. He's now an NHL starter. He's the 1A in a two-goalie rotation that's a little more even. And you got to give a shout-out to Brassois and what's happening down in the AHL right now. A decision is going to have to be made pretty soon about Brassois. Do Does VGK keep him as a security blankets or as a tool? It could Not even a security blanket, as a potential tool as the season progresses. I mean, Brassois is ready. Brassois is ready to be on an NHL roster, whether it's in Vegas or elsewhere. He is certainly ready, and McCrimmon's going to have to make a decision about him in the next, I would say, 45 days or so, whether they want to see what they can get from him in return, you know, help the the, the scoring, or just to ride it out in the event someone does go down, uh, be it LT or Aiden Hills. Back to the rotation, yeah. I mean, maybe it's going to be a full-fledged 50-50 rotation. Tony, you pointed this out. uh, You might have been ahead of this. When the comment, when um, there was a comment that was made a couple weeks ago, and then we were kind of surprised to see Aiden Hill on a quick turnaround, maybe it was Cassidy wanting to get in the head of Logan Thompson a little bit. And it's fair. You create maybe a little bit of artificial competition to elevate both players' game right now. Aiden Hill knows, hey, wait, I'm getting more chances. I'm not playing every Saturday. I'm getting starts on the weekday. Watch it, you know. So Aiden Hill is going to want to play better and do things to get himself more time on the ice. Everyone wants to play. There's no doubt about that. Aiden Hill would love to be the starter as much as Logan Thompson would be. And it's still Logan Thompson's net. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. But same breath now. Cassidy might be riding LT a little bit, and it might be in LT's head a little bit. Is that good for LT short-term, mid-term, and long-term, most importantly this season? We'll see how he responds. Okay, LT. 22 games this season, 20 all of last year. But this is considered his rookie season. And uh, it is a much larger workload. And again, the schedule. And there's the a lot of video out in Logan Thompson, too. Let, let's put that out there. There's a lot of video out there. A ton now, right? And we talked about teams second go round, second time around against him. And they are starting to find they went five hole on him twice the other night. You saw that. Perhaps, you know, they can pick up all of these idiosyncrasies as they continue to watch more film and see him live. And then, so the Cassidy quote was, we need a few more saves. Um, He said, if we're going to have uh, goals against us, he goes, you know, he goes, we're not, on nights when we're not going to score, we need a few more saves. That was apparently, I think, the gist of what he was saying. And so, you know, to me, that is, again, just putting it on the goaltenders. Brossois. Now, okay, so we aren't during right now. Currently, last night was the beginning of the trade freeze. And so we can't have it's a Vegas freeze too going on concurrently. Uh, so the trade freeze, right, uh, Chris, what we have here is you can't make any trades until later this month. So they do have a little bit of time uh, to figure out what to do with Brossois, player of the week in the AHL. 64 saves total uh, back to back games. Uh, back-to-back shutouts for Brossois. 
I still say, again, uh, LT is the player that they could send down to the AHL. I don't think that he plays down there. I think what they're going to do is they'll send up Brossois. He'll get a start or who knows what. A showcase. We'll see how he's coming a showcase. along. A showcase, right? It could be for trade value. It could be something if this guy's going to be our best goaltender in the organization, we're going to have to use him, right? <laughs> I mean, doesn't that make sense? A lot of things make sense. He's right now, he's posted a 2.4 uh, goals against with Henderson right now. And that's eh, whatever. But a 919 save percentage uh, currently sitting on, he's five and six down there, but that's not in, indicative of what he's been doing. And that 919 save percentage stands out because early on, that save percentage was somewhere in the in the 700s in his first couple of games when things weren't going too well. So Brassois definitely has, you know, had his artificial training camp and things are, improving um you mentioned about you know saves needing to be there and things like that by all means definitely you gotta you gotta have uh more timely saves and such and could there be a path where lt is set down on paper so we can have some type of um, showcase for the nhl absolutely and honestly, i don't know if that's needed or not i'm sure uh i might try i think i think henderson is home this week once or twice so i might try and and get down there if anything i'm just curious to see how many scouts are going to be there if it's, if it's the same two or three scouts from the Pacific that are going to be there, or if it's going to be a, a little more crowded media row, because the scouts basically sit right behind uh, the media and off to the side. So we'll see uh, we'll see what's going on down there. A lot of interesting stuff happening. You got a little trade freeze happening. You almost wonder if this is a hockey's version of the winter meetings where they can't technically make trades and deals, but you know, they're talking, maybe they're talking even more right now because deals can't be made. They're kicking tires and, you know, whenever this little trade freezes up and the Vegas freeze, more importantly, it's freaking cold as heck out there. You know, we'll see. Yeah. And uh, during this freeze, of course, uh, it's it's we basically allude to it as uh, VGK home for the holidays freeze because they're home every year. It sounds like a ticket pack. It sounds like a ticket pack. <laughs> and uh, again, uh, so again, not blasting uh, LT. And no. he's so consistent over uh, 42 games now in his NHL career. Last year, he was around the same vicinity. I think a point, 100% of a point behind uh, from 2.64 goals against average and uh, the save percentage at 917. So he, he has been consistent and take nothing away from him, but maybe he just needs a little recharge or who knows. Uh, coming up next, Chris was in the locker room last night. He got a question in with Coach Cassidy. We're going to discuss more about why this team falters at home continually now eight and nine on this campaign we'll return with more after this on locked on golden knights welcome back to locked on golden knights tony cardasco chris Golick here in las vegas thanks for making us your first listen each and every day don't forget please subscribe to our youtube channel what was that terminology you used earlier Roughnet. no the ring other the one about subscribing ring the bell, ring the bell. ding 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 Ring the bell. Okay, I, like I woke up the other like morning. Enthusiasm. Yeah, I woke up the other morning and I heard the Salvation Army bell in my ear for some odd reason because it's everywhere, right? Okay, so snake bit is this team snake bit? You posed that question last night to a couple of players. I think you might have asked Coach Cassidy about it as well. Yeah, I mean, I you know took a took a 
took a bit of a note from some of my colleagues who I've seen kind of have a theme when they talk to everyone. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Someone, some people are calling me like a journalist and stuff. Just, just stop doing that, friends. I'm alleged. Just, it's alleged. I'm alleged. Yeah, I've, exactly. I've I'm not a journalist. I'm just out here. I'm allegedly fun. a journalist. Yeah, I, I won't put that on my resume. Should I enter the workforce again? I probably would. Help. I probably would. It won't help. Good. It won't help. Good conversation starter. Good conversation starter. And then they asked me if what where I went to school for, and I'm like, uh, I went to community college for six months, bro. But moving past all this right now, yes, snake bitten was my theme. I asked Riley Smith, I asked Chandler Stevenson, I asked Cassidy, and Cassidy, I wanted a little more context from, so I wanted to see if he had gone through a similar phase where the results have been polar opposite. And he said he had to think that one through. Didn't really get much of an answer as far as has if he's been through this before. And he did mention snakebitten a little bit, but went back to the rough net, went back to the opportunities, went back to things eventually evening out. Uh, Chandler Stevenson didn't wait too long to say, yeah, a little bit, we could be snakebitten, but then talked about the opportunities. Um, Riley Smith, same thing. I gave him a little more context to say, you've seen the best of the best in this building. And now this rough time is, and then I hit, the, hit him with the snakebitten side and it took him maybe about six seconds to say, sure, maybe a little bit. And then, Back to the opportunities. We're scoring on the road. Goals come in waves. So the team and everybody is buying into Cassidy's perspective right now that things will get better. The opportunities are there. It's not like the opportunities haven't been there in a lot of these games. Some of these games they've been blown out. Uh, Seattle, Vancouver, unfortunately. Rangers, that's, that's too many games in a short span to say that for. But there's been a lot of opportunities in other games elsewhere. And I, I want to go back to one thing here about, yes, we're, we're down right now. And I mentioned the overall record and things like that. But something that we did talk about end of November, entering December, when the team was healthy. This is important, folks. When the team was healthy, I felt this would be a successful month if VGK was right around 500 for the month. Given the schedule, given everything, we both said this. Folks, VGK, in my estimation, I was counting this earlier, looks like they played 10 games this month. I think they're 5-5 five and five this month. And they still have three home games left and two games on the road. So maybe they'll finish uh, Maybe they'll finish the month 8-9 and nine or 7-8, whatever that math works out to be. But they're going to finish right around 500, maybe even plus 500 by one, even two games, if they can go on a little bit of a run here. So... With all the injuries, are, am I making an excuse? No, but I am acknowledging reality. Something else in the corporate world, they love to cram down our throat. But the reality is, you know, times are tough. We are missing a lot of our best talents. Uh, Petrangelo, again, he's iron. He, he's he's more the Iron Man than Phil Kessel right now, as far as the minutes he's getting out there. Over sixteen minutes through two periods last night, so they're not they're not going to slow down with him at all. But the reality is, we're missing a lot of our best weapons right now. A lot of our great defensive weapons. A lot of our great two-way defensive weapons and a guy named Jack Eichel who's pretty good and he is our hero if you will that can at any point take over a game I felt in the first and second period the most we were missing Eichel so bad last night he's that one guy you get him on the ice there's gonna be an opportunity every shift he is out there and if he doesn't get the opportunity on on the offensive side he's gonna have a very resilient forecheck that's gonna make it tough for the other team excuses no reality yeah. And at the end of the month, so to speak, we're going to finish hopefully right around 500, which would have been success with a healthy roster. And going into January, ooh, it looks like a, ooh, a seven game homestand. So maybe February would be better. But all, all kidding aside, things do loosen up a lot in January. If you go on uh, the NHL app and look at the schedule right now, there's a lot of gaps between the games. Let's we'll see if the screen picks it up. There's a lot of gaps between games right now. 
So things are going to be just fine, I think, as the team returns to health and gets some time off between games. As I say, this team ain't Jack without Jack. That's my that's say my that again. They're not Jack without Jack. They're 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 their last season. Their last season without Jack. They need him. They need Jack. Yeah. They need Jack back. They do. Uh, and then I wanted to ask you about that uh, tone that was set by VGK in the first period. For checking, hitting. This was East Coast hockey at its finest from Cassidy. Yes. Right. This would. This was not the skilled, quick Pacific. Uh, the, the type of games we're used to seeing. Where there's, there's a lot of stuff. There was. There was a message that wanted to be set. The team wanted to come out physical. That was obviously something they wanted to do. Um, all the line four has mentioned this before. They want to come out and have a physical tone. They love when they get the starts, obviously, and they did. They they set a physical tone, but Buffalo also pushed back. They pushed back too. They they did drop some of our players, and you had a lot of scrums and things like that. And I liked the tone. I liked the. I liked what VGK was trying to do. There was a strategy, and they executed every part of it besides getting a goal off of the momentum that they were creating. Quick question. Uh, Paul Cotter, is he out longer than you expected? I mean, I think the the concern is upper body concussion. I don't have anything besides that to offer. Um, you hope that it's, you know, like an NFL type thing where they might miss a game in NFL's case, roughly a week to a week and a half where they stay away from the ice. And that's kind of where Cotter is right now. It happened, what, last Thursday against Chicago where just a few short days removed from that. I didn't see him walking around at all last night. Um, so I'm not sure if he was even in, in the arena. And you certainly uh, just hope, obviously, especially with head injuries, you know, health first, safety. And, yeah, they, we need him too. Like he was he was line one for a while and seems to click best right now with, uh, with um, uh, Stone and Stevenson in the absence of Jack Eichel. Now, remember the grimace, you know, from McDonald's fame? That's what Mark Stone looks like every time he, he's on the ice. You don't remember the grimace? We'll have to – we'll explore more tomorrow on that. Wow. I'll that, Google while I'll you take us home. Okay, the grimace, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Ring the bell on our YouTube channel. Did I say that right? Do you have the grimace? Do you have a picture of it? Purple him? thing? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that up. He's like, yeah, the grimace. Yeah. Nine nine three nine 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 on eBay, folks. There you go. Okay. Yeah. He reminded me of the grimace because he's always grimacing every time he's on the ice anymore. For my man Chris Gallick, I'm Tony Cardasco. First will take us today, out folks. today. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Grimace man.